Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will mostly disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage and long-term business thrivability. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in the U.S. and Germany. I am delighted that today our guest is Karen Sands. Karen is a leading Jero Futurist. Jero. Jero Futurist. Okay, so Karen Sands, leading Jero Futurist, Amazon number one best-selling author, firecracker speaker, game changer, and thought leader on longevity economy, 40-plus market, exit strategies for 50-plus, and ageless leadership. Karen is a bold advocate for the new story of our age. So with this Voice America Leadership Series, my goal is to provide information to leaders and emerging leaders that prepare them for the dynamic times we're facing. I realize that most of us don't have the time to stay current on all of the trends that we're going to be facing. And so my job as the curator of this series is really to scan our environment, identify what seems to be most relevant, and bring it to you, our listeners, for you to become aware of and hopefully learn from and respond to and integrate these ideas into your leadership algorithm. So hopefully you will hear something from each of our shows that you will, that will shape your leadership. And so my invitation is for conversations that are actionable, what do you put into action in your own leadership algorithm, and or how do you update your thinking? So today, Karen talks about the longevity economy, the new story of aging across generations, and the potential business impact and opportunities as our workforce changes. We need to have thoughtful strategies to navigate the many changes that we'll experience as individuals and organizational leaders. Karen offers insight that will help you craft your strategy. And so, Karen, I am delighted that you're joining us as someone who is myself now 50-plus and still considers myself incredibly young, although when I was a kid and I thought my parents were 50 and old. So let's start with how did you come to to do what you're doing? 
I'm often asked, how did I get here, right? And I have really a circuitous route. Um, I found most people that enter in this realm of talking about aging and ageism and age-friendly and generational gaps, et cetera, kind of fall into it um, from something personal in their life that's happened. It's not like we sign up early and say, hey, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. It just doesn't seem to work that way. I hope it will going forward, but not in the early years of, um, of, of this domain, shall we call it, what I call the, the age space. Um, I started actually as a science and um, health educator way back when in my in my 20s um, and then looped around as the women's movement actually came through and found my own space as a career counselor and a business advisor, etc. And so I began to see different generations very early on, but I'll leap ahead because I, I, I am a serial intra- uh, entrepreneur and intrapreneur. Um, but I, I would say I was in corporate America and actually I landed in financial services, which I would never have guessed from my background. Um, but because I was so familiar with the entrepreneurial market and what was coming down the pike, it was a natural fit. And I ended up at Equitable, which then became Equitable AXA on my last few years there. But I ended up in retirement services, not because I said that's what I wanted to do, but because it's where I landed. And it was so perfect, because no one was really talking about what was coming down the pike out in the mainstream. Um, And I developed programs and turnarounds and startups serving the 50-plus market, especially entrepreneurs and mid-sized companies in my role within a corporation. So I was a major change agent, both in terms of the culture and in terms of bottom line results. But what happened there is I was forced to become a futurist. Not Again, I didn't sign up for it, but it came out that way. Um, because I was stand, studying the trends. What was coming? How would this affect the markets that we were in and the product designs, et cetera, and, and the uh, marketing forces that I worked with and led? And so that gave me an insight that was way ahead of the game as to what was coming. But in addition, during that role, I um, worked with and was um, an expert on the task force working with the Hudson Institute that had done studies in uh, back in the, I guess, late 80s, I think it was, um, on Workforce 2020, uh, and even before that, Workforce 2000. But the 2020 is the most recent issue. And if corporate America would only grab those books if government agencies and policymakers would only grab, would, would grab those reports. They would get a whole sense about what's really going on now about the generations and the opportunities. I wish it had been a much bigger call way back in the 80s and the 90s. But it's interesting, before the Great Recession, though, most people in human resources or in leadership positions in corporate knew that there was going to be a workforce issue coming down the road and that there was a lack of skills, but nobody really took major actions on it. Now that we're in this, what I call the age rush, and we have, um, what, almost five generations in the, in the workplace, certainly four, um, these issues are now coming to the fore, in addition to the fact um, that boomers are now in place and are not looking to get out so fast. So we now have this collision going on. Um, so I got into this by hook or crook, I'm in it, and became a gerofuturist. And where that name comes from, which people are always curious about, and I'm glad because it's becoming more of a meme, I hope, um, 
is that I wanted to combine my postmasters in gerontology and all the work I've done with boomers, especially, and cross in intergenerational. Um, was I wanted to combine that with what I knew about insight and foresight about the coming longevity economy, which we are now in. Um, and I, I guess you would like me to define that because it's so critically important, whether you're a leader or whether you're an entrepreneur, it really doesn't matter. It's the, as AARP really coined this term, and I have used it and, and really become masterful in that arena, but they coined this term. And it's the new reality. It's the primary driving force fueling the future of the business of aging, which is one of the most exciting things happening in the marketplace today. So say that again, the primary driving force fueling the business of aging. What does that mean? Okay, well, I'll start with that. The business of aging really involves any um, effort or services or products or people involved in serving the 50-plus market. And at this time, the um, longevity economy is is defined as the sum of all economic activity, all. So you could be designing a retirement product, you could be designing aging in place, you could be creating um, um, new technology that's easy for every generation to use, etc. It's all in that um, kind of bucket, if you would, of economic activity. And it's currently $7.1 trillion just on this 50-plus market, and it's projected to rise to $13.5 trillion by 2032. So what percentage of the GDP is that? It seems like it would be a question, and I don't know I have that answer off the top of my head. (laughs) Other than big. (laughs) So it's a significant portion, though, of of our economic activity as we live longer will be invested in services, products that support... Services and products. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And you you can see it. I mean, now we're talking about what I call Jero business. Um, For lack of a better word, uh, people in the industry, we all use the business of aging, but I think Jero business really captures it in in a quick form. Um, But it's up 50% that it's been before of U.S. workers in 2022. We need 5 million jobs filled by 2020. So, Karen, why is it up so much? Excuse me? Why is it up so much? Because we're living longer? Or because yes, this group is, is using more services? No, I think it's because there's more of us. I mean, in the United States right now, there are 106 billion people 50-plus, and they buy 2.3 million annually. That's a large audience, and we're talking about being by, you know, um, by 2020, 60-plus of us. But there'll be more of us, and there are kids under age 10. So all this emphasis on marketing to youth, although critically important, of course, because they mm-hmm. become the new old later, right? But right now, the emphasis needs to be on this marketplace. And by the way, in, in the field of aging um, and the business of aging, we typically talk about 50-plus. I always talk about 40-plus because people move into their midlife age, you know, 35 
through 65. So, you know, we're, we're in that, that place where that's where the majority of us are. Um, and some of us, I mean, a quarter of us now, a quarter of us now will live to age 90 for sure. Some of us do 105. I mean, the max is biologically, we're saying it's 114. So we're living longer and longer. But the, the, the beauty of this extended longevity, right, is that if you're um, your age, right, you, you have another 30 years of your career, maybe 40. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm at the halfway point of life, maybe. Maybe not even mm-hmm. that far. So the right. old definitions of what is work, what is retirement, really, I mean, that's a conversation that I think many of us need to rethink. For folks who are yeah. thinking about, I work for 30 years, so say I start at 25, I retire at 55 or maybe 65, what mm-hmm. do I do with the next 40 years, and am I financially yeah, exactly. prepared and emotionally prepared? Exactly. Well, the emotional part for me is easier to deal with than the other um, because we have to get ready for this. We have to, um, well, that's a whole other story. I don't want to drift off of, uh, of the topic. So, yes, we do have to prepare for this emotionally, psychologically, but the, the exciting part is that there's so much opportunity for us. Now, that's not been the case more recently, right, with mm-hmm. the ageism and with the Great Recession and people not getting hired. I can't tell you how many people I meet and work with, both in leadership, management, and entrepreneurial positions. I just say, so where do we go when we're 50-plus, when we're 60-plus, when we're 70? There's no room for us. I don't buy into that. In fact, my most exciting idea is that we get people into this longevity economy. The room, you know, when I hear young people talking about, well, there's no room for us, there's no jobs, where are we going to go? The longevity economy is offering enormous opportunities. You know, if you're an innovator, if you're, let's say you're designing apps, I'm just making this up off the top of my head, those apps that will be useful for people who are 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 will be just as useful for people who are 30 and 20, you know, and, and, and teens. I mean, it's the same issues, right? So the, the ability to step out of college or graduate school and move into this new economy or this emerging economy, it's actually it's exploding economy, is fantastic. And so young people need to just take the shades off and say, hey, wait a minute, there's something going on here I can jump into. I can bring my creative energies and my training to a whole new marketplace. It's the same truth for people who are Gen Xers or or boomers. The opportunities in this market are just there for us. Now, that doesn't mean you have to leave your job to do this. You can... um, jump into the age rush as a leader and start looking at what I call an age audit. Just look at the percentage of people who are in each generation and, and know who your people are and where their strengths and weaknesses are and start combining your teams. You so know, you're talking about as a business leader, I do the age audit. Yes. I look at my or workforce. Or HR, but I would rather it be uh, the leaders at the top. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, you know, this, the, the, the old expression, Chinese expression, the fish stinks from the head, right, is if we're not looking at that from the top view, top down and across, then we're not going to make real massive change. Ageism right now 
is rampant, and it's rampant in corporate America as it is across the marketing, uh, you know, range. Um, and this is what has to stop. But it has, you know, most of our, I forget the number now, I don't have it in front of me, I think it was like 60% or, or 80%, it was very high, of the number of um, leaders who are in powerful decision-making positions are way over the age of 30. You know, those of us that were boomers that grew up with, you know, over 30, don't trust them. Well, now we're over 30, and we're the ones that are leading. In fact, most of us are over age 50. So that is healthy, right? That the set of life experiences will drive our effectiveness. And so at that point, we're going to go to break. We will be right Mm -hmm. back with Maureen Metcalf and Karen Sands. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 
or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are with Maureen Metcalf and Karen Sands, and we're talking about the business of aging and how we as organizations both manage our workforce and manage our products. So we were talking about ageism, Karen, and how rampant it is. So what else would you like to share with our listeners about ageism? Well, I think it's important to note that we are the culprits that are involved in all of this. Our inner ageist is really taking a wrecking ball and, and, and knocking out the confidence both of leaders and managers and workers who are 50-plus. So we each of us have to take a look at where is that coming from. It's not just coming from the stereotypes out in society, which obviously will change over time because there are more and more of us, but we have to look within ourselves. And as leaders, we really have to do that. I... I find so many clients that come to me who are in this age group. Um, I can tell you one story recently um, of, of a woman who was really moving and grooving through her career. And as she headed into her 50s, things started to change, not in her performance, but in how people were speaking to her, how they were treating her, how they were isolating her. So this is common. We have to take a look at this and shift our... our um, our whole take on what it means to be an older person. And it, it also involves younger people. This is not, a, um, I believe it's a marketing problem that we are clashing and, and creating a gap between all the generations that is, it's made up. It's not real. Most of the things that bring us together in our corporate world or in our entrepreneurial positions are because of values. Our core values are what brings us together. It's not aging. So it's and interesting so that, that. that it's a marketing problem because yes. I think of, you know, I work out, I feel better than I've ever felt. I also mm-hmm. feel smarter and like I have a better perspective on the world. And I'm in my early 50s just to, to set that. Right. So I would think that I would be more valuable now, significantly more, than I was 10 years ago because my experience is strong, and, and this is a reflection of me, not everyone who is my age. I work militantly to stay current, exactly. and hence the radio show, right? That, that exactly. my concern is what happens when I, um, I do not continue innovating myself I can't un- turn back the clock of, or hands of time and become less obsolete. So my goal is to stay current on a regular basis. So that said, is it, you say it's a marketing problem or, and that it's made up, and I get that. Is it that we as people over 50 aren't staying current or just, or this is a false thing? It's a bad narrative. I think, I think it's both. I think it's the okay. narrative that's coming out of media. Um, okay. about the clash between the, the generations, which I find is not real, and it needs to be addressed. And we need to bring those different generations together in our workplace on work teams where they're really talking about these issues because it's just as difficult to be told you're too young at 20 as it is to say you're too old at 70. 
Mm-hmm. Well, right. we so have those to issues divide are... a boomers versus millennials. And again, having worked with people who are younger, some of them I think are fabulous and some aren't. Some boomers are fabulous and some aren't. So it, it, to me, it, and I'm sure this is an oversimplification, because there are certainly prevailing trends within each group, but we figure it out like we figured out every other generational group, and we find ways for them to come to us and us to go to them to support our, our business effectiveness and our clients. Yes, and because most of the success in business does come in as we grow older, as you're describing, because we have that experience under a belt. But we also, unfortunately, many, uh, as we move into our 50s and 60s, many people typically will just not want to make waves. This is the time Mm. to make waves. This is the time to not only be current, but to stand up. This is the time to tap into our own greatness and bring it to the fore. Because, yes, people 50-plus have the experience, the knowledge, and the know-how combined with the openness and the lack of, um, what do I want to say, um, discrimination I see from young people in terms of others. They're open. Mm-hmm. So if we bring those two groups to bring, we bring their ingenuity, their youthfulness, their, their new learnings along with the established experience. Wow. I mean, we can, we can do anything we want if we come together rather than separating us, which is happening so much of late. That's going to change. I do believe you know, it's really changing. One area that seems like it has changed this narrative significantly is the idea of neuroplasticity, that, that my brain continues to mm-hmm. shift, and, and uh, the old, if you drink too much, you kill brain cells and you'll never recover, <laughs> Right. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> which for many of us, <laughs> if we did that in college, we'd be really in trouble. Um, now that we know that brain cells regenerate, there is mm-hmm. no reason that as as I age, I can't continue to grow and develop. Is that a true statement? Exactly. Of course. Okay. Of course. So let's get it, you know, I'll be straight up here too, as I am in public anyway. I'm 73 and I'm still going. I am going strong. In fact, maybe stronger than ever before because I have so much wealth of knowledge and experience to bring to the fore. I couldn't have done this in in the same way when I was 30 and 40 and even 50. You know, one I of have our much more guests who, who I have the utmost regard for is Terry O'Fallon, who I attended her 70th birthday. And so uh-huh. she's somewhere in her 70s. And also just her research continues, and it's better than ever. So it's not right. like she, I, I'm sure at some point she'll stop. But at this point, she seems Why? amazingly productive. Well, let me give an example. Um, I frequently meet with um, and enjoy the company of uh, Francis Hesselbein. Mm-hmm. Francis Hesselbein, yes, um, was tapped um, by Peter Drucker years ago now. And when the agreement was that she would take over his leadership institute and call it her own, which she has done. So it's the Hesselbein Leadership Institute. Um, I don't know if she'd like me to say it because she's not into aging at all. It's, it's age has nothing to do with reality for her. She is 101. And oh, my goodness. I thought work. she was in her 90s, but that's still No, no. She's major. 101. She goes to work every day. She does, you know, major, um, major talks and webinars. It's, she's just going. There, so, so to put a false 
narrative of we stop at a certain age or we just can't keep it going by a certain age is, is ludicrous. I'm looking to be, you know, as long as the universe supports me, I'm looking to be around doing this work for another 30 years. I am here to change the story about our age. So I want to stop us at this moment for just a second. This, to me, is a significant mindset change. Yes. For for many of us who grew up thinking you retire at 50 if you're really good, 55, and at the latest 65, and that meant you didn't manage things well. The new narrative, I get the opportunity to contribute to the world through my professional work until I, maybe until I'm 100, that's a huge mindset change and drives significantly industry, the retirement planning, all kinds of financial services. How are cars built to accommodate people who are 100? Exactly. That's exactly why I'm saying the excitement for me for the innovative possibilities for young people and, and baby boomers for that matter, entering into this new mindset where there are where we are ageless. That's where the agelessness comes in. Where age, sure, it, it gave me experience. I'm glad I'm the age I am now. But it mm-hmm. doesn't define me. It doesn't define you. We are ageless because aging is just part of this lifelong problem. We're aging from the moment we land here. You know, so we need to take away all the charge on what it means to grow older. We have, you know, we were, we were either supposed to be witches with, you know, um, what do you call those things on our nose, you know, uh, whatever, um, uh, you know, wicked witches uh, to be watched out for, or we were invisible and irrelevant. Well, that's not true. It's how we use this time in our lives. Um, you know, when, we, when we're adding 30 years onto our longevity, from the past, you've got to keep going. What are you going to? You can, you're not going to be sitting and playing golf and drinking martinis for the next 40 years. That's one of my big questions is, is what will that look like? Because I, I would want something productive to do to be meaningful. Well, I'll give you an example of, of a woman I, was, I heard the story of. Uh, just the other day, actually. She had been a hotshot in corporate, as I had been, um, mm-hmm. and she did her thing, and then she decided that, okay, I, I'm out. I want to do something else. Uh, what am I going to do next? Well, what she started were green funerals. I know it sounds... Oh, yeah. Way, I, I, yeah. Right. Well, this is a whole new world for her, and she's doing extremely well creating green funerals before someone is buried. She's even created cardboard, although it's paper, it's not full trees. She has created cardboard, um, uh, what do you call it? A coffin. Coffin? Oh, interesting. So that they disintegrate. Yes. So, you know, this is an idea whose time has come. It's the combining of the greening that we need to do, you know, to get really into a green economy. But Mm -hmm. also it is... It is taking a place in the aging economy. She created a whole new niche. This could, so she could have done that at 20, and she can do that at 60. So it sounds like it's in part, there's a whole narrative around services for people as we age, and there's a mm-hmm. whole other narrative around productivity is, it's not ageless, I'm sure, because I, I, don't, I don't work all night and 
then or party and then work in the morning like I did at right. twenty. Right. So, right. So, so there are some things I can't do. Right. Um, but the flip side is, with reasonable limitation, with reasonable expectations, I could work another forty years. Mm-hmm. And it depends how you're working. Right. Yeah. If there's a whole. You, the, the way work looks will look will be different. Well, it looks and that's different still yet now, to come. Right. I started working when few of us had email. Exactly. Now what I do on my smartphone, lots of times I don't even need to physically show up. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why so much of my work is done virtually. Because we can. So I can live the lifestyle at 73 I want to live, but I can be serving people in their 20s, their 40s, their 50s. It doesn't matter. I can reach them all around the world in a way I could never have done before. So even if I, as I age, as an example, even as I age, if I'm not physically able to zoom around or do the all-nighters, which there's no way I haven't been able to do those for years, um, <laughs> you know, unless I want a week off to re- renew myself. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, so much is possible for us. We have to break down the definitions we've had of what it means to age and what it means to be older, as well as what does it mean to be younger. You know, a perfect example is what's going on now in in the uh, movement against um, isolation and separation and hatred, right? That, okay. that movement is bringing together people across all ages, all backgrounds. It's the same thing in every aspect, whether it's business or it's nonprofit or it's entrepreneurship, which we really should address, by the way, is entrepreneurship. Okay, so in this segment, we've got a couple of minutes. What would you like Mm -hmm. to say about entrepreneurship before we go to break? That entrepreneurship is where people who are 50-plus are really scoring. Because of our experience, because of our failures in the past and our know-how and knowledge, we are more successful in the entrepreneurial space than any other generation. And um, when we come back, I'd like to talk about the role of women in in this conversation. Okay, great. So let's go to break now. Again, Maureen Metcalf and Karen Sands talking about the business of aging, both how we lead, the the work we do, and also how we as leaders see ourselves as we age Mm -hmm. and the contribution we can make going forward that for many of us, these possibilities weren't available when when we started the workforce. So we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership in business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research 
and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are joining Karen Sands and Maureen Metcalf, and we are talking about the business of aging. So, Karen, before break, we started talking about the role of women in this economy. Yes, it is such a new story. Um, Even, you know, if you take out the current politics around women and women's rights, let's put that aside, because to me, that's a blip. It's not here permanently. It's it's here for now, but it's not going to... Keep going. You can't, you can't stop progress. So, okay. But what is important about now and going forward is that when we combine ageism and sexism, or ageism and, God forbid, misogyny, right, it is conflated together. So women suffer more than men when it comes to the ageism and the stereotyping as women becoming more invisible, more irrelevant, etc. So it's an important conversation because the reality is that women are the leaders of the future. They will be moving, I believe, are moving us into a whole new paradigm shift. And women do mean business. They are the ones that are doing the buying. They are in the workforce. They're in now more and more positions of leadership. And we know there's enough research done that's been proving that women in leadership positions are making a humongous difference to the bottom line, not just to the culture itself. 
and boomer women. Boomer women mean bigger business, and the marketplace has got to catch up to serving these women, not only as, um, as, as consumers, but as employees and as leaders. And we cannot let ourselves be considered irrelevant. That takes us standing up and speaking out and stepping forward and not worrying about making waves, but realizing that it, this is the time for women to lead. So again, that means a mindset shift not only for men but for us as women to, to, to be more assertive. Absolutely. The opportunities for us have never been better. And again, with what's going on in our current outer world, it's bringing women together in ways that we haven't done in years. We've moved from the first wave of feminism to now what I consider the fourth wave of feminism, where it's cutting across all racial backgrounds, religious backgrounds, age backgrounds. The divisions that had kept us apart as women is now coming together. And, and we are a vital force on both ends of the spectrum, both as consumers and as leaders. And yet we are facing more and more ageism in the workplace. Okay. So, so is there an me, antidote or a recommendation other than be aware of our, our actions? Are there concrete recommendations you're suggesting? Yes, for one thing, if you're riding a dead horse where you're getting pushed aside, for one thing, you need to speak up and and name it. Name it as the ageism it is. Name it when someone says to you, oh, gee, you must be so tired, or, gee, I don't know if you can get that done. You know, it's it's things Mm -hmm. that are deprecating. We have to stand up and name it when it happens to us. But we also have to get out of our own way and stop considering ourselves irrelevant or unimportant or not valuable, and we need to step up and speak up. This is the time to take on all responsibility. And if the organization you're in isn't going to allow you to do that, is going to sidestep you because Mm -hmm. of your age, right, then get out of there. Either find a better environment that's welcoming to older people, especially older vital women, or start your own business or nonprofit. The opportunities for women across the board are enormous. We have to stop being afraid. We've earned it. I mean, boomer women of all women, we know what it means to handle power. We know how to be successful. But we also now have to step forward and say, is this organization a place I can make a difference where they will allow me to and start speaking to power about the value of older and younger people working together? So one of the things that strikes me, I had a couple of stories. One, um, coaching a gentleman who's 55, and he says, you know, the, the old, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. And right. I said, so how much longer do you intend to work? Well, about 10 years. Do you think you're going to last that long if you don't change? Because 10 years is a long darn time in an era where the world is changing. And that certainly changed our conversation, and we are now working together very differently because that narrative is is an ineffective one. If I'm going to expect to stop staying current. So I realize that that's a drum for me. Uh, and the other example I want to give is is a, a colleague. He's 65. 
and he is struggling with the idea of millennials and struggling mm-hmm. because he wants to move his organization. He's a senior vice president, amazingly effective, and is saying we need to find a way for millennials and boomers to come together because there's too much at stake to not. Exactly. So the, the two kind of ends of the poll, the one... You know, I, I don't have to change after 50, and you guys just have to let me stay and keep promoting me, versus right. the, we work in an increasingly more diverse workforce. And if we exactly. think millennials are tough for people in their 60s, imagine what it's going to be like when our HR department is recruiting people who are 100. In exactly. Exactly. Now, what has to change? What has to change, of course, are the kind of jobs and hours and situations and team involvement that we have versus what we have now. You know, um, I need to be able to work more off-site than having to be at a job at a certain time and end at a certain time. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's all different changes we have to make. We job sharing. I mean. Uh, and multi-generational teams, it has to start from there. So we start seeing where the real gaps are. And I would bet you that the real gaps will dissipate. And you say because the real we gaps have, will dissipate because, of, because we're working multi-generationally? Yes, absolutely. Because, again, I do believe that the gaps are false. And they've been... Um, um, uh, blown out of proportion a lot by the media. And, and I love media. It's not about media. But yeah. in this realm, all of our, um, our own ageist take is coming out, and it's coming out in this way. And we need to break that down. It's not real. And I go back to, again, to core values, because they're so important. The core values of the organization, of the leadership, have to be um, accepted throughout the organization. And that means all ages. I mean, just talk about, let's say, um, uh, the triple bottom line, you know, uh, people, uh, people, planet, and profit. Uh That's that's true and relevant and 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 um, embraced by people of all ages. That's where we have to go to is where we share our values to make our organization successful, so that we meet the challenges of the longevity economy. But that comes from all age groups. It's not done alone. I mean, my entire virtual team are in their thirties. So in their forties, you know. So, but and I'm seventy three. Thank God for them. So That's you're the leveraging the, the innate talents and strengths of people across the spectrum. Yes, yes. Because I, I just assume that there are pe- things that folks who, not because of their age, but because of the environment in which they grew up, which was more mm-hmm. um, technologically savvy. Uh, Folks in their 20s are probably going to know more about technology than I do. Absolutely. Folks Absolutely. under 10 may know more about technology in some cases than I do. You know, I just you just made me think of this. Um, last night on Rachel Maddow, um, I forget his name now, but there was a commentator, and a pundit, and he was commenting about um, this horrific um, uh, situation in, in Las Vegas that we've, we're all still uh, completely... Off or, you know, thrown off by. Mm-hmm. Um, but he spoke about, and he said about that this gentleman that, uh, that, that, that caused this horrific um, event um, was older. And he said, well, you know, he wasn't on social media, but, you know, that's to be expected at his age. 
He's now, four. Yes. He's not 104. Right. This was included in his, in his rationale as to why we didn't know much about this guy because he wasn't on social media. He made this assumption that that's not so unusual. Are you kidding me? My the parents are on social group? media, and we yeah. know how old I am, so we all assume that they are at least 20 years older than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was said, stated on national or international, you know, television that's mm-hmm. being received, that's sending that same message over again. Hey, he was 64. Yeah, he doesn't know about social media. You know, all people in that age, but they're not up to date. That's that message. Now, that's not the message he was intending, obviously, but that's right, the message right. that, that came out. And it happens all the time. So how do we help businesses? Let's shift to as an organization. You talked about doing an age audit. What else, Mm -hmm. if you were talking to the CEOs and VPs and SVPs in our audience who are probably, one, wondering when they're going to retire or be pushed out in some cases, Mm -hmm. but also to run as effective of an organization as possible, Are there concrete steps that they could or should be taking on to to maximize the productivity? In some ways, this is a diversity conversation. Yes, it is. The element of diversity is age, not skin color or gender or LGBT. Exactly. It reminds me of the days when we did all the, uh, you know, gender diversity programs, right, Mm -hmm. way back when. Yeah, or it feels way back when. We, we probably need them again. But in any case, yes, it's the same format. It's, it's breaking down those barriers. It's starting to have the conversations so that, um, you know, a millennial can say to a boomer, hey, you're blocking my path. You know, the, the, the vertical hierarchy is much flatter than it used to be, and there's no place for me, right? Or for the boomer to come up with its prejudice of saying, ah, you're lazy, you know, you think you know it all. That conversation actually has to be facilitated. Okay. It has to be facilitated so that breakthroughs can come through. And so one drop our biases, whether they're age or gender or yeah, color. Exactly. exactly. Okay. So all this, it's all the same continuum, really. And the last ism that for us to address in corporate America, in business, etc., is ageism. Okay. But I don't want to get stuck on ageism. You see, there are a lot of people that say we have to take down ageism. We have to have a movement to take away ageism. No, that will come in time. What we have to do is build age-friendly situations and environments and cultures. Because the truth is, I am different now than I was in my 20s, right? It is, mm-hmm. it is a false statement to say I'm the same. Right. Um, physiologically, I am not as fast. My recovery right. time is slower. Cognitively, I think my thought process is much quicker. So yes. it's not erasing, it's acknowledging the pros and cons, right? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Or, or, or the weaknesses and strengths. Mm-hmm. So, because weaknesses can be strengthened and strengths can be also strengthened. So I, I'd rather take it that way. It's a, it's a, it's a positive, they're just positive shifts. It's like saying comparing an, an, an adolescent, you know, to someone, in their tw- to someone in their 30s. Of course there are differences, but we're pulling on that whole continuum of life experience as we, as we age. And so the other thing, and I think you've pointed to this, is as a young person, I'm looking for promotion. 
Yeah, I, I want old people to retire because that clears the path for me to take a bigger role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, as a more senior person, I wonder, it seems like we also have to, and I think you're pointing to this, have to redefine what work looks like, that I might go part-time, I might be a exactly. or I might job share. Exactly, exactly. And that has to be really supported by top leadership. And so would I job share a senior role with a young person? Why not? Why not? Do you call that mentoring I mean, whole, or something? You know, the old apprentice model, apprenticeship mm-hmm. model, I believe has to come back. We have a shortage of skills. We do not have enough skilled, skilled workers. How best to do that with our younger generations, but to team up in an apprenticeship mode with those who are, you know, more advanced, more uh, experienced, and perhaps even more successful? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And what a gift for, for a young person who's just less experienced. So let's move into, Karen, because we're ending the segment. Tell our listeners about your book and also how they would contact you So how, for someone who wants to learn more. Okay. Well, there are a number of ways. One, of course, you can go to my site, which is karensands.com. And so everything's there. There's blogs and there's articles and, and all kinds of things that you can dive into for sure. But in addition, I have just posted up, it's just starting, uh, a Facebook group and a LinkedIn group. And I think for your audience, it's probably more likely the LinkedIn group is for trailblazers um, in the aging space. And so if someone is interested in learning more about that, that's a great place for them to do, you know, for uh, career-wise. But on Facebook, there's something that's really just an exploratory, and I mean this in a positive way, uh, an exploratory conversation like we've had, but even more so. Um, and that, that one is, um, sorry, the Ageless Way Explorers Coalition on Facebook. And where you can dive in, ask questions, you know, bring to the fore concerns, and just have a conversation starting on this. Um, both of those groups are free, so you know, definitely dive in. I speak, I consult, and I coach as well. So you can find me on my website and get my get to me, um, or you can just direct email me at karen at karensands dot com. It's that easy. Now, the books are very exciting. I've actually uh, uh, published um, and written uh, 11 titles, um, but the last three have very been much on this, uh, on this topic, um, and they have landed as number one um, on Amazon, which makes me very, very pleased, obviously, because I want to reach as many people as I can. The Ageless Way, which is my body of work, um, and it's how to be ageless leaders and how to create ageless futures and how to uh, restart all over again right? Um, This book is chock full. It's almost a college uh, textbook because I wanted to take people through the entire, um, uh, the entire domain of what it means to be ageless and what it means in terms of the business markets, um, technology, science, and I use storytelling throughout to do that. Uh, It's a a wonderful book, and it's a book that needs to be read slowly and carefully, but I also pulled out of that and made a smaller book for road warriors called Gray is the New Green. This is what your leadership and marketers should be reading right now to get a sense of what's coming and what they need to know. 
to be successful okay, so in the longevity market. Okay, so gray is the new green, and I'm going to wrap us up because the show is ending. Yep. Gray is the new green, and the what was the other ageless title? Way. The Ageless Way. Okay, great. So thank you very much, Karen. This is Maureen Metcalf and Karen Sands, and we're talking about the business of aging. This is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Please comment. Either email me, Maureen, or info at metcalf-associates.com, or go to our Facebook page, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I would love to hear your comments, and we look forward to connecting with you again next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.